Welcome to Gears Action Growth, shifting business culture one conversation at a time. My name is Christy Murray and I'm joining Dr. Josephine Palermo, whose superpower is to create business cultures that transform organizations team by team. Today, we'll be discussing why a co-working space is a good investment for business owners in order to solidify the team. Hope you get value from it. Good morning, Joe. How's it going? Good morning, Christy. I'm really good. It's a lovely it's Melbourne morning today. A crisp? Yeah. Yeah. It's been cold, but it's good. It's been rainy all week, oh, hasn't it? So you're very, right. Very dull. I, I Just to see the sunshine today, it just, it really lifts me. I, yeah. I know I know how I feel when I see the sun. So I just um, always find a, a corner of my house that's the sunniest and I stay there all day. Oh, that's so good. Like you should never live in Vancouver because it's like 70% rain and it's like pretty dreary for 70%. And then July and August when it's summer there, that's when everybody's like all happy. And yeah, there's a seasonal affective disorder actually. Oh, Have you definitely. heard of that? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah sure. Too. It's real. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't live in Vancouver if you <laughs> are prone to this. So we are talking, we're at home, and we are in lockdown 5.0 mm-hmm. in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and I think mm. it just got extended a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So we were five days in, and now we're another weekend. Yes. It's hard to keep track. It is, yes. It's yeah. really hard. And, and and I've been talking to, to, you know, friends and colleagues, and everyone's a little bit... Um, you know, feeling like they're at the edge of their resilience on things because I think that it's it's very um, you know we, we've gone through this before we know what to do etc. But the repeated stop starts really tug at your resilience. So people are feeling a little bit more disheartened, a little bit more um, anxious about the future. So it, I'm hoping that we can come out of this out of these cycles of stop start um Mm. and um you know i'm hoping that really by the end of this year we're there but it may take another you know few months i think it might take till the end of the year until we get some stability Mm. it's interesting because i'm kind of getting used to them i think i like (laughs) i'm Uh. at least kind of like oh okay it's locked down again like it's you know time to readjust i guess yeah i kind of I'm getting used to them, but I, I don't, I, of course, like, I don't want to be used to lockdowns, but yeah, human resilience, I guess you could do a lot. Exactly. And, and, you know, I, I think it's, I mean, I really feel, I mean, as a business owner, I feel for yeah. other business owners as well, because it's not easy and it's, um, and, and just the impact on the economy uh, and the lag um, because it, as well, because it's not just about resuming trade, you know, after lockdown, it's all of those things that, that really take time to get back into the the swing including consumer spending so yeah it's so yeah. my heart goes out to everybody um you know we're we 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 feel for you mm. Mm. and one of the things we're actually going to chat about today is going to be co-working which is a business that you um co-own with you yeah. and yeah so july we're gonna be focusing on co-working and it was a bit of a struggle, actually, to kind of see where we want to take the topic of co-working, because I think there's a lot of great content out there already. Um, and I think researching for this podcast, um, I don't think we knew what the history of co-working really was, was it there? No. Yeah. So it's interesting, because like, we're 
in this space and doing, you know, providing a co-working space. But yeah, I didn't realize that it was um, in 1995 in Berlin, Germany, where uh, 17 computer engineers uh, created this hacker space. And it was just a bunch of computer enthusiasts who wanted to have a space for collaborations with the equipment and facilities. Mm. So that's the, yeah, I just feel like tech people always have the coolest ideas. And you did say something before um, we came on air is that, you know, you said like they're, they're needing to collaborate like in tech, like a lot of the stuff they do is like, there's a need for collaboration. So it does make sense in a way that that industry has taken a forefront into a collaborative um, nature of work. They often have to solve those problems um, before other industries in a way. And that's why they, and you know, in some ways the software engineers have really led the way around um, agile um, ways of working as well, because they, they, they were sort of on the vanguard of having to do things quickly together. They had to really work out how do we collaborate? How do we do that in a, in a really quick way? How do we deliver results much more quickly than we've been used to doing? So they always have, you know, in some ways, really cool problems to solve. That's why they end up with cool solutions. Yeah, yeah. I always admired and almost envied that level of energy that, mm. um, you know, the, that kind of creative energy that tech people seem to share. Um, I used to serve actually back in Vancouver. Um, I was at a restaurant for a long time that was in the heart of Vancouver. And all around us were all tech people, like Microsoft gaming guys mm-hmm. or visual effects guys. And they would always come in um, for a relief to get away from their crazy 12 hour, 16 yeah. hour, like, or they'll be doing overtime. And basically, they've just slept at their desks and just rolled into our bar space. So we were kind of like a second home to them. So it was super interesting, mm. I, even though they were exhausted. I don't know if that lifestyle is something I would be able to take. No. Cause I, I just knew how hard they worked and how hard they were required to go um, in their work. So, yeah. And I think that's why, I mean, I know you said guys, but that's deliberate. <laughs> I know that there's a lot more men in that industry and it's because of that, you know, obviously there's, um, you know, it's very difficult so um, true. Yeah, they it's were very excellent. That lifestyle. Yeah. Mm. Well, I do appreciate them. Thank you for helping me uh, pay, <laughs> pay my rent. I would say because you know because of their patronage. Um, yeah, because of their patronage, we were able to you know all live our lives as well. So yeah, well, but it is a lot of guys. Like it was like eighty yeah. percent guys, and mm. I met some females as well. Really, and they were all interesting. Like Mm-mm. females in tech, like all like very unique like very yeah like creative Mm, like mm. different personalities obviously but there is a certain i felt like there was a bit of a certain female kind of um personality as well i think that can handle like that kind of environment i think Mm. yeah Yeah. well i'm sure i'm sure it's a really you you know the it's not for everybody and not for the faint-hearted and and you know i worked with a lot of software engineers when I worked at, um, at Telstra, um, and that was, I agree with you, very exciting, really innovative. Uh, they were the ones that were, um, doing really interesting stuff with the way that they were working with teams and where they were even, even their, their kind of environment where they were sort of, you know, putting their teams and what, what kind of environment they needed around them. So, and in some ways it kind of inspired me to be more entrepreneurial and to start a co-working space because right. of that. 
Mm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I got to, and this is the last note before we actually dive into our real topic, <laughs> is that I got to go to their offices just because we were so close. Like yeah. we were like their second place was our bar. So I got to go into their offices and they were super cool. Yeah. Like they were set up like co-working spaces, but very personalized as you can imagine. Um, yeah. Like cool foosball tables, costumes, like life-size um, this one, I'm, I won't mention their name, but um, yeah, the owners just really liked um, like costume, like masquerade costumes. So sometimes they would, um, yeah, have all these masks wow. that people would wear while they're working. I mean, that's very quirky, though. It is very quirky. <laughs> yeah, it's not really like a norm. Um, yeah, I, I ended up with like a massive like feather mask when I went in there. Because it was like, yes, they were like, yes, you must wear this. And I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, so, wow. What an yeah, experience. Yeah. yeah, but a very cool office for mm. sure. And um, yeah, when I think about higher spaces, obviously, like, we don't have, like, masquerade. Like, no, we. this is completely a different direction. <laughs> but that would be hilarious, though, wouldn't it? It'd it be would. like. A, it would be like a very specific clientele at that point if we it like would. offered like costume and stuff. Exactly. Probably more art art related. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You, yeah, exactly. But you know, I love that. I love that you know, um there's that uniqueness in at, you know, cuz cuz we do that at home, don't we? We sort of um yes. we 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 kind of surround ourselves at home with the things that make us uniquely us. And then you and then we were, you know, going into offices that were so dreary and um, lots of grey and, yes. you know, it just, you know, how can you be inspired in an environment like that? And the environment does play a part on how you feel and how you think and all of that. And we, we sort of, you know, I think we've gotten better at in, including what we know about, uh, and the research is very clear on the effects of the built environment on us you know, in terms of our, our way of thinking and feeling. And we've gotten better, I think, at understanding that and then building, um, you know, even office environments in a different way. But not everybody's there yet. You know, that this is definitely still um, very much, uh, you know, in, in the innovation space, you know, you, um, you and and um, what I, what's interesting, actually, Christy, is I've been doing a bit of work with... Um, with government uh, and local councils. And what I'm noticing is that government and local councils are now revamping their spaces as well because they can kind of see the benefit of it as well. Mm, like the going away from the traditional grey. Yeah. I used yeah. to work with government a long time ago and it was grey. Like yeah. I was, the building was grey, the cubicle was grey. Like it's almost shocking at how neutral the colours are. Christy, I could not imagine you in grey. Yeah, but I I did. Mm. I did. I tried it. And I was like, you know, because that's what you think as a young mm. person. Oh, yeah. Like, that's where I'm supposed to go. So I did have, you know, a pretty office-y job yeah. at that point. And I, I, I lasted for a little bit, like almost two years. But I think it was very depressing. <laughs> um yeah, that's it. It's depressing, actually, because you don't you're not allowed to person. Well, we weren't allowed to personalize anything. Mm. We had to leave it like just gray. Yeah. Clean slate. Um, yeah. So, I mean, higher space is, is so different in the way that it really is um, like nature focused. I think I think that's one of the biggest draws that 
uh, people come for is mm. it really is like nature focused mm. and there's something about nature that's really healing and restorative yeah. so I feel like yeah like you and Shu both even though you guys were in corporate um, arenas you both obviously had a heart for you know nature and the healing of what yeah. our environment could bring us yeah exactly and we we, we both had shared that value of kind of well-being as well which we wanted to incorporate into the space and and really calm focused sort of productivity and you know that's the thing about a space is it, you walk in and you you can create a mood you can create a feeling and then you can that can motivate people and we so we were very specific in in what we wanted to create um, and, and this is the thing, I think that um, when we're thinking about, you know, right now, lots of people in lockdown working from home, you know, I'm sure that some people have have an opportunity to be home and to be in, in a great environment when they're working. But I know that that's not everybody's experience. So I'll give you an example, even um, uh, one of my um, family friend um, members she's working from home her husband's working from home her two kids are now studying and they're at home and they're actually in a shared house with another family because they're they're in interim sort of situations because they're um they're building a home they're renovating their home so they moved in with another you know with a with their the brother so another another family so there are two families work in this house and now everybody's at home so you can imagine that is not going to be a good place to, you know, in the kids are sort of complaining that they can't study because of the noise or the distraction. And she's, you know, do it, trying to do work in her bedroom. Um, I don't know where her husband's working. He must be in the bedroom as well. So it's, it's not, we can't assume that just because people are home at the moment that they've got this optimal space. Ah, yeah. It's just some people will, but, you know, a lot of people won't. Right, right. Yeah, that's really, really a good point. A mm. good point. Yes. Before I go on tangents, because that reminds me of another tangent, but it has nothing to do with this. Um, so <laughs> I think when we were thinking about this episode, mm. we really, um, there is a transparency from us, because obviously as co-working uh, operators, um, like so many other co-working operators, it is a struggle for people to come into a shared space right now mm. i think and yeah. one of the things that i think we want to look at particularly for this episode is for business owners so we host a lot of solo entrepreneurs who own their own business and small teams at hire spaces but we've also seen some of these people leave and go back to work king at home after covid mm -hmm. and there's I think it's just easier they said for them and obviously if someone's owning um, a company the costs will be much lower for right. someone uh, you know their team to be working in their house so I guess the question we want to the big question we want to tackle is why should a business owner want to even subscribe to a co-working space so this is a bit vulnerable i think because we're also a co-working space yeah and it's not that we want all these people to just come we'd love for people to come i think but mm -hmm. it's like we don't want to just prescribe a generic thing right no. now so but if so the, that is a question that we're going to explore today is mm. like what if I'm a CEO and I don't want to let go of my workers 
in a in working at home because I don't want to cop the cost again yeah. or I don't want to um I think cost is actually a big issue at this point mm. uh, for a lot of people probably I, I think yeah. it's cost and I think also so from a from a CEO perspective I think yes. it is it can be cost but also I think CEOs understand the benefit of bringing team, their team together um, to create the team culture that they want in particular. And um, and some CEOs like to see their team together because they they get a sense of progress in the team and how their team is doing. Sometimes it's a bit hard to do that if, you're, if you've got a you know, totally virtual team where everybody's working from home. So actually the sentiment from CEOs is more so, I think, that they would prefer people to be in one place or to be in an office but yeah you're right Christy a lot of people are saying well you know it's working okay right now I'm you know I'm I'm saving the cost um, and also the 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 lockdown you know treadmill is happening right now so probably not a good you know just place to make a decision anyway but I but what I what I kind of wanted to do was sort of have a have a, a bit of a, a bit of advice for CEOs right now in terms of what the future is and because it's it's sort of about not just what's happening now but what's going to happen in the future and and particularly around those issues around how do you build a really strong team culture and we know team culture really drives you know staff engagement it drives um, it drives productivity it drives all of those um, things that you you really want to um, make sure are really being optimized in your in your company sometimes things just don't happen or aren't getting done because the team culture isn't right and so um so in some ways there has to be some focus from a ceo about how do we build that team culture and now i guess you know some CEOs are thinking, well, if people are working from home, I can just bring my team into, um, you know, I can bring them together once a week. And I actually think that's a really good idea. You know, if, if, if you've got a team that are working at home and they're happy to be at home right now, um, maybe you want to think about bringing them together. But 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 I, I, I think that has to be a bit deliberate. So what do you bring them together to do? Is it just about lunch? Do you go to a cafe and have lunch? That's important as well. But you, people need a reason for leaving their home right now. So, you know, we've had a lot of teams come into our space um, for the day once a week um, to really, you know, work on planning together, um, get feedback from each other, really focus on um, how they're working together to support each other, leveraging across projects. It's that kind of stuff that really builds that team culture as well, not just going to lunch. It's, it's you know, working through how we as a team are working together and how we can continue to improve. Because the other thing is learning doesn't stop um, just because other things stop, you know, in a pandemic. So yeah. how are we contributing to um, really making team members feel they are contributing to the the improvement of the team, the learning of the team, their own learning, their own development. So, so really bringing teams together in a deliberate way is about is it does that in terms of working, you know, working through um, and improving team culture. You can do that, you know, by going out to lunch in a cafe, but but you need to do more. Is the is kind of what I'm saying, and I yeah, think that's, that's really true. important. Yeah, that's true. I think when people think about co-working spaces, they might think it's an everyday thing. But 
I think that's mm. the benefit of having a flexible space because you are right before we hit this lockdown there were a lot of teams just coming in once or twice a week in one of our meeting rooms and they would spend yeah. a day there um, doing team stuff like team meets so team brainstorming mm. so yeah co-working is a flexible way I think for mm. CEOs to come together and I still provide their workers if they want to keep going with remote yeah work. And, and I think particularly you know that's how you know it's, it's helpful for new members of the team who um, you know I'm working with teams right now that have never met anybody in, in real life you know they're, yeah. they're sort of so and you know sometimes that's necessary but you know it's mainly because people are working from home so you know meeting people face to face getting that more um, getting to know each other at a more personal level. So I do a lot of team team kind of forming activities, team energizers. I do a lot of workshops with teams. And what I what I notice is I can do those online, and I do. You know, like I switch to online really easily. It's kind of my superpower. But when I get a team that's face to face, there's something else that happens. It's like a it's like a magic switch. You can just do so much more when people are in the room. It's just it's just the way it is, unfortunately. And I would say even with people who have remote teams that are international, because sometimes remote teams are, you know, necessary because you've got people working all around the world. I think there's a benefit in bringing people together um, at least so that they get to meet face to face once in a while. And it might be once a year, it might be a couple of times a year. But the increase to just all of those team effectiveness um you know metrics that we see is is just you know it's it's evident so teams are going to to sort of um just gel more together they they're going to keep working on you know the structure of the of processes that enable them to work together better but if they know each other if they've met each other face to face there's this kind of um uh, element it's sort of like bringing that team to a higher level so you know i maybe the future of work post you know pandemic is that we will have i think we will have more virtual teams but that bringing people together you know periodically will be the focus for some teams as well and some ceos will focus on that as a real opportunity to share strategy and build team culture as people were created to connect in a certain way and on a basic human level. Yeah. So it makes so much sense. And that also leads us into well-being as well. So when you create that um, in-person team culture, you also we also create that sense of well-being for people. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I really worry about, um, you know, people working from home just from my stance uh, as a uh, you know, organizational psychology consultant, because I know, I'm sure I know <laughs> that um, people are, uh, people have about well-being routines that they're more likely to put in place when they're going into a workplace with other people, um, even to the point of what they're eating through the day and the, the kind of um, the snacking and the, and even to the point of getting up and walking out, you know, from your desk to go and, um, have lunch with someone or, you know, walking up from your desk to walk to another colleague to ask a question, all of those things we're, we're not doing when we work from home you know, I know some people that are in back to back meetings all day in front of a screen. And so, so we need to really watch that. I think that there's an aspect of social connection that is linked to well-being, and then there's that physical, um, uh, you know, 
physical activity that kind of goes against being sedentary that that also makes a difference and then of course you've got all the ergonomic um, issues I know that some companies have done a really good job of doing ergonomic checks of their staff who are working from home but um, but if you're a CEO and you aren't paying attention to that um, you're responsible for that you can be accountable if something goes wrong because someone's, um, you know, perhaps, you know, they, they get a repetitive strain injury or something like that because of poor ergonomics in their workstation. So just because staff work from home, it doesn't mean that the company reneges on their obligations around providing safe, secure and, you know, um, workspaces that that don't cause harm. So I'm a bit worried about that. And and again, you know, that, that could be solved by... Um, maybe not necessarily forcing people to come back to an office, but creating, um, you know, an opportunity for people to get out of their home, maybe go into a co-working space that's closest to their to their home as well. It doesn't have to be about, you know, taking everyone back into the city, but getting people to go into co-working spaces or hubs to, to really uh, break that, that, that um, working from home sedentary cycle. Yeah, I've been talking to some friends who are working for companies who, you know, they work from home, but they they find it interesting with our space in terms of co-working. They said, how, do, how does it work really? And they say, because, you know, if they want to go to a cafe, they feel like they have to keep purchasing drinks or, yeah. you know, whatever to be there. And I, and I was like, yeah, that's so true. And mm. co-working, I guess you don't because you've just gotten your day or your week or whatever the subscription you've gotten and that's it like you can leave your stuff there go out like don't have to worry about that and they just said like oh I wish I could like I feel like the general consensus that in our conversation is they were like oh if my company paid for it I would totally I would totally take that option like if they had a choice to just work at home or if their company paid and some companies do like Mm-mm. some companies do a great job in allocating some resources so their employees could choose what to do yeah and i think you know getting uh, allowing people to choose is great right so that they can uh, I, I i a lot of um companies are um opting for co-working vouchers where they they don't they don't direct where the the voucher will be spent but it's up to staff to kind of elect on what days they want to go in, you know, where. So again, you're kind of providing that flexibility that employees want. And and employees do want flexibility and they're going to continue to want flexibility. So even for those CEOs who are thinking, oh, look, it's okay, we'll just all go back to the office once this blows over, <laughs> you know, and I say that flippantly because, you know, it's definitely not blowing over. But, you know, once we're, once we're out of the, the kind of pandemic crisis, we'll all go back to the office but that actually isn't going to meet the expectations of of their employees either who want that flexibility because um, the thing about you know even though working from home is not ideal it has shown us that we can be flexible and still work we can we can do it our way and I've, I've lived my whole life getting to a point in my career where I could do it my way. That level of autonomy is so important for me. Mm. And I know it's important for others. And when we when we look at the sort of surveys that are that are being done on a global basis, employees are much more likely 
to want to, uh, you know, to desire more flexible working, even, you know, after the pandemic um, crisis is over, then CEOs are. So CEOs, are, uh, uh, their mindset is still behind where their employees are. And mm. when that happens, um, you end up losing people because people will vote with their feet. They'll go to a company that allows for that flexibility. So, so yeah, absolutely. There's so many different, you know, you can book a desk for an hour. You can yeah. book it for the day. You can, you can book it on short notice. It's actually, I think people don't understand how flexible it is. They, they probably don't have that knowledge that, that it's very flexible. Right. Yeah. They probably think it's some sort of like monthly gym You're locked pass. in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. The flexibility is probably something that people are more surprised about. Mm. Like, oh, you can, I can go there for a day. Yeah. Like, yeah. And mm. to be honest, I think like they might even save money than just, you know, being at a cafe all day. <laughs> right. But, like to actually just go to the space and yeah, exactly. work from there. You don't mm. have to consume lots of drinks or eat <laughs> things right. that maybe you don't want to because you feel guilty. And I'm laughing, Christy, because yeah. that had, that was my life before I owned a co-working space. Oh, wow. Okay. I okay. used to go to cafes all over Melbourne and it used to be so disruptive because I'd have to, you know, bring a big heavy bag and carry it everywhere and then, you know, have copious amounts of coffee just to stay there. <laughs> so it's so true. Absolutely yeah. true. Oh, wow. So you've been, yeah, that's so I was cafe hopping, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, it's not really relaxing, though. No. I mean, yeah, just, like, being able to go to higher spaces, I just think, like, oh, why would you choose a cafe to work at if you can yeah. go to a co-working space? Exactly. Like, that's something I learned over the last two years where I had yeah. no knowledge of co-working space or what it really was until I joined you guys, and I thought, oh, like, I would definitely choose a co-working space, like, over a cafe if I need to go to work. Like, it's way more productive. And that leads us to the next um, topic is productivity. Mm. Like, in a cafe or where else do people work from? Libraries sometimes. Yeah, libraries. libraries. But you can't Mm. really, like, take a call or something. You would have to run out because, yeah, yeah, you would get shushed or people would give you, like, an evil eye. Or It's really awkward to be talking on the phone in the library. I think there's lots of rules against not talking in the library. Mm. Isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Libraries do have, some libraries have opened up their spaces to sort of a co-working environment too. Yeah, that's so, true. So that is, so they, they do um, have spaces where you can, um, you know, collaborate with others. So that's that's really nice. So, you know, they've, they've kind of gotten on the bandwagon. But I think in terms of productivity, there's, um, there is a, you know, definitely we haven't seen, we actually haven't seen a drop in productivity because people are working from home. But what we've probably seen is um, some activities that that perhaps are dropping. So, you know, and it might be things like the time that people take in terms of kind of social collaboration or even, um, you know, uh, leveraging ideas uh, and really kind of leveraging the knowledge and skills across the whole team. Um, so, you know, pro- productivity when you're working from home is great if you're doing focused work, but there are times where you really need to um, share ideas with others, brainstorm with others. And sometimes that happens, you can do that in a deliberate way, but sometimes it just happens because you're sitting next to someone and a random conversation comes up. Yeah, right. And, yeah, and you get inspired by that. And so that's what you're, that's what you're missing out on. Um, and, and then I guess it's also like to your point, how do you, how are you interacting with clients? 
Um, you know, I don't, I don't meet clients at home. I book a meeting room at the co-working space to meet the meet yeah. clients. And so it's, it's that kind of, you know, um, and I, and I think particularly, um, when we're sort of working with clients, I, it's really easy to say, well, we can just have a virtual meeting to, to kind of make that happen. But again, there's so much more that can happen when you meet with a client face to face. And so, you know, what are we missing out on in terms of opportunities there? But, but yeah, it, it so there's a, so I, I think, you know, definitely we can say that the COVID experiment has worked, you know, we can be much more flexible, but I think that there is um, certain things that we, we need to keep doing for productivity, particularly at the group level. So, um, and, you know, I think I saw some research the other day that said that employees are lonelier than ever. And that that's kind of sad in a way, but it, um, because that's, that's kind of a, that's a symptom of the structures that we've set up around, you know, just needing to address the um, COVID-19. But also, um, I, I would imagine that there are some teams that probably, and some, you know, some companies are not paying enough attention to the people that are sort of still maybe productive, but not, um, not really optimized. So they're, you know, if they were um, with their colleagues um, in a physical environment, people would notice things. And that's not just about well-being. They would notice things around the way they work and bring them into more collaborative ways of working. So without being face-to-face with people, without being in the same physical environment, there might be, some again, some opportunities that are being missed around really collaborating, really, um, you know, leveraging each other's skills. And you're never going to get you know, ex- the way you you achieve excellence, the way you achieve record-breaking targets, the way you achieve, you know, the way you take, you know, sort of your team from great to, from good to great is by increasing that level of collaboration and interdependence. Um, so, because we always achieve much more together than we do separately. Mm. So that's, that's where I think we will miss the boat if we continue to just sort of think that it's okay to, um, just have people working from home right full yeah. time yeah yeah i think we should probably wrap it up there but it's definitely something we hope that if you're a business owner that you would think about in a more holistic and practical way about growing business because it really is an investment i think it is to yes the business so if we invest in our people then the business will have to grow if you know because the people will be motivated and I think that's what it's all about is growth and investment when we think about these things. It's not just the initial cost about the subscription. No, yeah, exactly. And we've got to think about the future, Um, even the near future, you know, in terms of the next sort of six months. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so hopefully you got a lot out of this if you're a small business owner or if you're an employee. Maybe it's something that, I don't know, you could approach for sure. sure yeah so we would be interested actually in hearing any comments or questions on this topic so please email us as always at josephine at geared and everybody in melbourne and australia and the world really take care hope yes, you're keeping take care, safe everybody. yes keep your health up and we'll be back to do it all over again in the coming weeks bye everybody bye, bye.